If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. The international break ends just as things start getting interesting, but back to club football we go with positive tests and more injury concerns. Plus, how many more weird stories can we go over on this week's preview show? All that and more to come on the OTC podcast. Hello and welcome to OTC Podcast with me, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter, Bradley Morris. How are you this week, Brad? I think this week's actually started getting interesting. Yes, international break's finally over, and the day after it finishes, there's news stories left, right and centre, and even during the the start of this week, we've had a lot of uh, news it's definitely going to be one that is a jam-packed show. Uh, starting off with the internationals, we will have a look back at uh, this week's games. I mean, yesterday England won 4 nil. Uh, what are your takes on the England win? Admittedly, I can't say so I watched it. Because mm. what was there to play for? Mm, I mean, their position in, in the Nations League was already... Uh, sorted that they wouldn't be qualifying, finishing third in the group behind Denmark uh, and Belgium, so they wouldn't advance through to the semi-finals. But um, from what I saw, it seemed to be a good game again for uh, Phil Foden and uh, Jack Grealish because Foden scored a brace and uh, Foden also set up. Uh, Declan Rice's first goal. Uh, Mason Mount scored the other goal. I think it was a very easy win for Gareth Southgate's side. You, you um, could almost hear the scream of the... Southgate on the bench. <laughs> Though I was, I was expecting an easy England win. I mean, Iceland aren't really. Yes, we all remember that what happened in 2016, but that's a long time ago now. That's because if there was ever a moment for Gareth Southgate to turn to Nigel Farage, it was that very moment. See. We told yes. you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good result for the three Lions, who uh, obviously will be hoping that this can help them go forward and look all good for the Euros uh, next year. Elsewhere uh, on the home soil, Scotland uh, played Israel, was it? And they won one nil, if I remember. No, they lost one nil. And they were losers. Um, again, I think it doesn't really matter because they had nothing really to play for. Uh, I believe that, I main... actually believe they could have finished top. I won't be wrong, but okay. they could have still got promoted for it. Uh, yes, actually, they could have got promoted to uh, Group A. But I don't know which one, but 
a bit of well. Um, they, however, they, did, they didn't, so the boogie's over. <laughs> yes, it only lasted for a few days. Um, elsewhere on the home nations front, Northern Ireland drew one-one with Romania. Northern Ireland's goal scorer was Liam Boyce, shortly before the hour mark, and then Eric Bickfarley scored for Romania. Um, Ireland could only draw nil-nil with Bulgaria in their final match, and Wales beat Finland three-one with Kiefer Moore, Daniel James, and Harry Wilson getting their goals for the side. However, Finland did play the majority of the game with ten men after Yere Uron was sent off after twelve minutes. There's a lot of hard... the Finnish side. There was a lot of hype around Dan Daniel James's goal. Kev's comment on that one. <laughs> um, yet to see it. I haven't actually seen Dan James. Slightly it, was, it was fine, but it, it's not world. It's not the, 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 the world is that we've seen already this year. Mm. It's just some. It's just what you'd expect from someone like a professional footballer. Nothing to write well, it wasn't, down about it, or potentially win the Pushkas award. Okay, it's not winning any. Puskas award any time soon, but it was all right. It's just not, not really uh, the best of goals. Um, elsewhere in the nations league, so the four teams going through to next year's semi-finals will be Italy, Belgium, France, and Spain. After they all finish top of their groups in Group A, Spain obviously uh, were the big winners this week after they beat Germany six nil. Ferran Torres scored a hat-trick. Alvaro Morata, Rodri and Mikel Oyarzabal also got on the score sheet. Because like you forgot to intro this in the, the way you said you would. Uh, yes, I should have done it, but... Well, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about... Yes, let's talk about sex, as in the German way to say six. Um... I think that's Germany's worst defeat in a competitive game since 1931. The Spanish racist. Um, you've got to say, uh, Joachim Love section is bad when it comes to choosing the defenders. He seemed to get rid of the experience of Mats Hummels and Jerome Boateng far too quickly. Yes, they were old and slightly on the decline, but they were still top world-class central defenders to have and you uh, should have maybe got rid of one of them but definitely not both of them Hummels, Hummels could still do a job couldn't he? oh yeah Hummels can easily still do it I mean both still play on a regular basis at club level so why did they uh, just uh, get drops I always found that strange and what um, it's good to gone. see if, <laughs> yes, Robin Cock of Leeds United didn't have the best of games after picking up a booking as well quite early on in the game. Um, but it's good to see youngster Ferran Torres score a hat-trick. Uh, hopefully, well, City fans now will be expecting him to do that week in, week out at the team uh, if he gets picked. Uh, a very good player to look forward to. Um, Portugal beat Croatia. 3-2, so Ruben Diaz, João Felix and uh, Diaz again with the goals, though Mateo Kovacic did open in the scoring in that game and again 
uh, Croatia played the majority of the second half with 10 men. And the other big game uh, saw France beat Sweden 4-2. Kingsley Coman, Olivier Giroud getting a brace and Benjamin Pavard getting on the score sheet. So that, as we said, it leaves the international break now finished until October. Uh, March, sorry, not October. That it's 129 would, it would days. be great if we didn't have international. <laughs> It'd be great if we didn't have international football for a year. I, I, I don't want the the two words international break mentioned for 128 days. Can we agree? That's fine. Yep, that's fine by me. After that was the last mention of it. Um, this week in the Premier League, we have a full fixture list uh, we've got a lot of fixtures to look for to starting on saturday lunchtime at st james's park as newcastle welcome chelsea who are more than likely uh, will be welcoming back kai havertz after he's cleared his covid test however they will be without tiago silva who has just came back today from international break with brazil uh I don't think there's been any team news yet for Newcastle. But uh, just looking into the game, uh, Newcastle have lost just one of their last seven Premier League games against Chelsea, winning five, drawing one, winning this exact last season courtesy of Isaac Hayden's 90th minute strike. Chelsea have won five of their last seven meetings with Newcastle, though the Blues have only managed to keep one clean sheet in this run, a 1-0 win at Stamford Bridge last season. Um... I think looking at the game, you've got to say Chelsea are strong favourites going into this. You could say that, but then when you go and look at that record they have with St James's, that suggests they have the possibility to be a bit of a bogey team. Yeah, definitely at St James's Park, you'd say Newcastle are somewhat of the favourites going into it but I'd say if you look at form and how Chelsea and Newcastle are both playing this season I think it would give Chelsea the slight edge. Uh, we'll get on to predictions from both of us a little later after we've previewed all the games. Next up on Saturday at three o'clock sees Aston Villa take on Brighton and Hove Albion on BT Sport. Uh, some facts about the game, Aston Villa are unbeaten in their last eight league meetings with Brighton, winning four, drawing four, and their last defeat was 1-0 in December of 1980. Brighton have never won away against Aston Villa in all competitions, drawing three and losing nine of their 12 games. Indeed, the Seagulls have lost all five of their visits to Villa Park in the top flight. Just reading that on loan, you've got to be quite confident going into this weekend. No. Well, what do we do? Yeah, say that, though. <laughs> no. Well, positive. Mm-hmm. They'll be positive, but confidence is a strong word for Villa fans. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm positive ahead of this game. We've come out of the international break with no manager injury worries. And mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, no positive tests. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... A victory and uh, Chelsea lose, you would actually go above Chelsea and into the top four for the time being uh, until other games later on in the weekend. Uh, where Brighton would be hoping to get a victory, which could see them close the gap to Leeds. So uh, they will stay in 16th place with a victory. However, a loss and uh, results go against them, a.g. Fulham and West Brom win, they could slip into the relegation zone. 
next up is the big game on Saturday at half past five on Sky Sports, which sees Tottenham welcome Manchester City to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A bit of break news in the last few hours. Uh, Man City have confirmed manager Pep Guardiola has signed a new two-year deal with the citizens to remain in charge until 2023. The Spaniards' contract had initially uh, run out next summer, but he has decided to stay in Manchester. What are your thoughts on Guardiola deciding to stay? I guess, I guess it's not the most surprising news. I mean, it kind of is. It's very, you can look at it from both angles, but this will be the first time he actually signs a new contract with the club. And it will be the longest tenure he's done at a club. Because he usually does three, four years and then he leaves. I don't know what they're going to attempt him. I I think he's just been realised Barcelona's not available. PSG don't want to get rid of Thomas Tuchel. All of the top jobs in the world are taken now. So his only option is to stay with uh, Manchester City. And I think that's the only reason. If PSG or Barcelona had came available at the end of the season, and they still might do... I think he could be tempted then, but at this moment in time, with both of them unavailable, I think that's why he's decided to stay. And I've seen he has apparently been given a hundred million to spend in the transfer window. I think they probably told him he could sign Nathan Redmond. Mm. And another four hundred million on centre backs, as he has done all the time since being in there. Uh, looking into this fixture a bit more, Tottenham. Won this exact fixture 2 0 last season, ending a run of six Premier League games without a win against Man City. This game only needs one selling point, and that's Pitt versus Jose. It should, it should be a cracker. Let's hope uh, Jose Mourinho is as good on the touchline as he has been on Instagram over this international break. Speaking a bit more, only against Chelsea have Man City lost more Premier League games than they have versus Tottenham. Tottenham have won both of their meetings with Man City at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in all competition, last winning three home games in a row against the Citizens between 2005 and 2009. Should be a definite cracker of the game. And the final game on Saturday sees Manchester United welcome Slavon Bilic's West Bromwich Albion to Old Trafford at 8 o'clock on BT Sport. Bit into this game, Man United haven't lost consecutive league matches against West Brom since December 1980, with the Burgers winning their last Premier League encounter with Man United 1-0 in 2018 of April. West Brom have won three of their last five away games against Man United, including the last such visit, which we just mentioned. The Burgers have won just one of their last 31 league visits to face Man United prior to this run. Um... Looking at this game, you've got to say Man United have got to be favourites, even despite their poor start to the season, considering West Brom have been one of the worst sides, if not the worst side in the league this season. Um, As far as I'm aware, United don't have any new injury concerns. Um, I don't think Ollie's had his press conference yet. That'll be scheduled tomorrow. Um, There is a bit of positive news. as we mentioned in the review um, show, that there was... He's Alex commented Tillich. on... Well, yeah, I was uh, saying... Bilic has spoken and he's commented on many, many positive COVID tests within his squad. 
Yes, they have had a few. I can think. Of. I can't think of. I'll get into that in a second. Um. So yeah, we had uh, mentioned in our preview show, uh, the review show on Monday, that Alex Tellish of uh, Man United in Brazil had been in close contact with their player, but fortunately he has returned negative tests since for Brazil, and I believe he'll be fine to return to the Man United. Uh, starting lineup this weekend. Whether we will play the game is another thing. Uh, as far as I'm aware, um, every other player, including Donny van der Beek and Paul Pogba, who have been a subject of a lot of talking point in the last week or so over the international break, are all returning back with a full bill of health, apart from those that have been injured. Uh, West Brom. I'm sure that bench. I'm sure that bench will caress them nicely. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, so news about West Brom. Uh, how Robin Carnu is coming back and Sam Field are both coming back from their uh, injuries and they should be available in the coming weeks. Um, the positive tests, I'm sure one of them was uh, Callum Robinson and uh, Jimmy Ajayi, Conor Gallagher and Dara Roche. Um, so they're the few that... Yes, so they're the ones um, that are positive. However, Robinson has had a late... Um, had one. Uh, he did a test yesterday and they came back and it was negative, so he should be okay to play for them. Um, then on Sunday, the early kickoff is at Craven Cottage as Fulham welcome Everton. Again, it's going to be shown on BBC One. Fulham won their last Premier League meeting with Everton 2-0 in April 2019, ending a run of 10 league games without a win against the Toffees. It was Scott Perkins' first victory as manager in the competition. Everton have only failed to score in one of their last nine Premier League meetings with Fulham, though it was their last such in April 2019 when they lost 2-0. I've got to say, this has got to be an easy Everton win. Despite... Everton just need the pants back and Fulham just need the points. Yeah. I mean, um, I think if Fulham don't win this weekend or even get a point and results go against them, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Scott Parker. I don't think he would get sacked, but uh, yeah, the pressure is definitely going to be there. Um Bit transfer news that was surrounding Everton was that uh, Isco Alcoron of Real Madrid had been linked, but uh, to quote Carlo Ancelotti, he called the rumours bullshit. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if he does end up at Everton, considering the links they managed to get with him, managing him during his time, and obviously signing Hammers this past summer. Is that Ancelotti trying to reunite the 2015 Real Madrid team or something? <laughs> yeah, he's trying to, he's he's trying to reunite the 2014 Champions League winning team. Yeah, he's just trying to bring everyone to Everton and win the Champions League in a Premier League there. So how long before Ramos? Uh, next linked? up at. Hmm? That's like how long before Ramos gets linked? Uh, I don't think he will do because he is set to sign a new two year deal with 
Real Madrid. So, despite the rumours earlier on in the week that PSG were interested in him. That's about doing that for Fernandes. Next up on Sunday sees Sheffield United entertain West Ham at two o'clock on Sky Sports Premier League at Bramall Lane. Sheffield United have won all three of their home Premier League games against West Ham. Their best such 100% record in the competition. In all competitions, West Ham are winless in their last three away games against Sheffield United, drawing one, losing two. Since a 2-1 win in the Championship in September of 2004, West Ham haven't won a top-flight match at Bramall Lane since April 1968. However, you got to say, West Ham are going to be favourites under David Moyes. I mean, they've had a decent season up in 12 at the minute uh, um they could move up to as high as seventh if other results go their way and sheffield you know haven't looked the same in defense i think it doesn't help that they lost uh dean henderson who had been their number one for the last two seasons in goal uh after he went back to manchester united and uh you could just say uh, ramsdale hasn't quite filled in his Keep I guess not. If you look at the stats with Henderson last season, how crucial he ended up being for in their run towards the European places. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole team with Shepherd United just hasn't been the same. You can't just put it down yeah. to the goalkeeper. <laughs> oh no, I'm not just blaming it on him, but he's obviously like one of the standouts because obviously the goals that they've conceded, they've conceded 14 this season and only scored four. Um, but you got to say, uh, Chris Wilder needs to get them firing up soon. He won't be under pr- any pressure uh, results-wise. I think Sheffield United are quite firm and keen on keeping Wilder there for the future, though uh, they all want to start winning games soon. And I guess West Ham would be th- that perfect start to the season to start racking up some wins. Next up, sees Leeds United take on Arsenal at half four at Sky Sports Premier League at Ellen Road. Uh, Leeds are winless in their last seven meetings with Arsenal in all competitions since a 3-2 win at Highbury in May 2003. Since a 1-0 loss in November 2000, Arsenal are unbeaten in their last five away games against Leeds in all competitions, winning their last four in a row by an aggregate score of 15-4. to Arsenal will obviously want to be bounced back after their shock 3-0 defeat to Aston Villa just before the international break. I think looking into this game, anything can happen, really. I mean, if Especially fans, if Arsenal played the... If Arsenal fans were shocked at last week and you know losing their minds, they will combust if they lose this one. Mm, definitely so. I mean, I remember seeing an art, a video that someone did, like he called in on, I think, for 5 Live or 505 and saying that Mikel Arteta should be sacked after the 3 0 defeat. And I was like, Was it tied by any chance? <laughs> he's a. Mm, like, yeah, if they end up finishing fourth and winning the FA Cup, he'll be called the Messiah again. And you're just like, they never seem to know what they're talking about. I did think the response after the defeat was quite strong. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> it, 
I mean, yes, they are having as bad of a season as Manchester United and Man City, but was what they, it, uh, they, did they play Man United before they? Yeah, the, the Man United. Before, Man United just, yeah, the, when they were all claiming it was the Messiah. Oh my god. Arteta really is going to take us. Now Sonny, Arteta, he's shite. Get him, yeah. Yeah. Emery 2.0. He was the next. Yeah, he was the defensive coach. Get him. Going from Pope Guardiola's tactical genius to now Unai Emery Mark 2. Um, they'll be hoping for a much better performance, as we said. Uh, it's going to be an interesting watch, that. And then the final game on Sunday. Just wait to what predictions to see. Sees champions Liverpool welcome Brendan Rodgers' Leicester City to Anfield again game on Sky Sports. However, there is the injury crisis going on at Liverpool with Henderson, Trent, Robertson, Fabinho. Scroll Van Dyke. Apparently, Nico Williams got injured on under twenty-one international duty. Nico Williams got injured, and Reese Williams apparently. And Reese Williams. Uh, so it's so the fourth choice centre back also getting injured, as well as the other main choices. You can't make that type of cruelty. I'm genuinely trying to think, think who's going to be playing. Like it'll probably be that. Um, the Greek signing Kostas Simkas, he'll probably he'll have to be in defence. Nathaniel Phillips, Seppi Vanderberg, and then uh, play. I don't even know who the fourth choice defender would be. Is, is this where we bring bring back out the well done? He's thirteen memes because the that's yes. going to be that young. Do you reckon Jurgen Klopp and regret selling Dejan Lovren? Okay, I wouldn't. But then again, in this situation, yes, you probably would. If we're being serious, yeah. yes. In this, yeah, in like this current climate, he must hate it. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot they can do. Although uh, knowing this, settled love would have got injured anyway. Yeah, yeah, he would also be injured. So a bit of uh, match facts going into this game. Liverpool are unbeaten in their last nine home games against Leicester, winning seven, drawing two, having lost three in a row against them at Anfield between 1997 and 2000. Liverpool of Leicester have won just two of their last 16 Premier League meetings with Liverpool drawing three, losing 11, and are without a win in six against them since a 3-1 victory at the King Power Stadium in February 2017. Top of the table clash. Uh... Victors of this will go to the top of the table, unless uh, Spurs also win at the weekend. Uh, that's for Liverpool. Um, Going to be a very interesting watch, hopefully, though, knowing our luck with it being the big game, Sky are going to make it out to be the biggest game ever, and it will be a boring game. That is just our luck. Uh, then on Monday, we see Burnley welcome Crystal Palace to Turf Moor at half past five, again on Sky Sports. Um, Burnley aren't having the best of seasons under Sean Dyche. Scored the least amount of goals in the league, only scoring three times in all game, uh, in seven games, conceding 12. Yet to pick up a win. Although I don't see him under any 
real pressure, you've got to say the pressure is somewhat there if they don't pick up any points or something against Crystal Palace. No. No. I don't, I don't see them even considering sacking purely on the base that I don't think they'd get a better option. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's a better option there, but there is definitely the options, obviously. you got Philip Koku, left Derby, there's Gary Monk, just left Sheffield Wednesday, Eddie Howe still available. So have you really just suggested Koku and Gary Monk to replace Dorsch at Burnley if they don't? Well, not, not, I'm just saying like they're two available managers, not saying they should go after both of them. It, or so your them. wording made that sound particularly... <laughs> No, no, no. I was just saying, like, they're just three available names. Should um, Sean Dyche get the sack soon? Yes, I, um, I, could have, I could have left you to drown. Just... No, I, <laughs> I wasn't ever going to suggest that. Uh, but, but but it, facts into the game. Just one, one, one last thing for the, the cultured lot. It's the tea time crash at the happy place. Yes, if you've been watching, I'm a celebrity over here in the UK. I've never known anyone Paul Turpin or the happy place. No, it's just just malt. I'll be be happy if they get relegated so I don't have to see it next season. I just hate that as a ground. Um, A bit of match facts going into it. Burnley have won their last Premier League meeting. With Palace won nil in June, ending a run of four straight league defeats against the Eagles. Crystal Palace have won three and lost the five Premier League games away against Burnley, winning the last two. Turf Moor is one of just three away grounds Crystal Palace have visited at least five times in the Premier League, where they've won more games than the last, with the others being the Bet365 Stadium, aka Stoke City's ground, and the Vitality Stadium, aka Bournemouth ground. Uh, Palace are having a really good season up in eighth. I think they're definitely going to be the favourites heading into this. It's something you could see um, Arabiche as they have a really good game and uh, Wilfred Sahar as well. And then the final game of this week's Premier League fixes on Monday night is at eight o'clock and that sees Wolverhampton Wanderers welcome Ralph Hassan who tours Southampton to the Molyneux against Sky Sports with the game. Uh, a bit of match facts coming into it. Wolves have lost just one of their last eight league meetings with Southampton, winning four, drawing three, going down 3-1 at St. Mary's in April 2019. Southampton haven't won any of their last four away league games against Wolves, drawing two, losing two, since a 6-0 win at Molyneux in the Championship in March 2007. This has, on paper, the chance to be a really good game because both sides are playing well this season. Both managers set up their teams really well. Mm. And I think on a normal season, this wouldn't have such, like... I think it would be such a mediocre game. You'd expect, like, a draw or something. But I think the way both teams are playing currently, it could be a really entertaining game. Definitely has that chance to be quite open because mm. of how both teams play. And those, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, going on to predictions now for this weekend's fixtures. Um, Just reminder. Be, well, well, it depends what, what were your better reminders. 
uh, of the scoring system. Yes, go D do try. <laughs> right. So, if we get the correct score line, but for the wrong team, e.g., we say Chelsea to beat Newcastle three 0 but Newcastle win three 0 we get one point. If we go for the right team, but the wrong score, so Chelsea three 0 but they win two 0 we get two points. If we get Chelsea win three 0 and they do win three 0 we get three points. A reminder from earlier on in the week, if you missed our show, Brad is currently on nil points after our WSL predictions earlier on in the week and I'm on six points. So we'll start so, off with the... This is, this is where I know what's coming with the rule because okay. predict, predicting 10 games is a lot. It is. So, so, so I, I suggest five games. Okay, do you want to do... I have, the I have chosen first? these five games. I've chosen these five games. Okay, so you want to do it a bit like uh, how they do it on Super 6. Yes, where but, it's but, just but six games. it's not Super 6. We don't we don't have two hundred and fifty grand to give are, away. This is a basic version of that. Okay. So, so first game. Mm-hmm. Ideal you. Villa Brighton. Villa versus Brighton. I'm just writing these down so I can remember as well. Um I'm gonna go three nil to the villa. I wish I had that positivity. Uh See, I've got 2 0 with the villa. Okay. 2 0 for the boys. Right, what's the next okay. game you've gone with? It's Spurs, Man City. No surprise there, considering it's probably one of the biggest games of the weekend. Uh, Spurs, I've Man probably City. gone with the biggest five games that we've today. Maybe future weeks I will avoid doing that. Device. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for a goal fest here and go for Man City to win 3 2. I think you've made a mistake. It's the hyped sky game, you idiots. So, wait, so, did you say it to again? I went 3 2 Man City. Jose's coming away with the win. It's 2 1 Tottenham. 2 1 to the Spurs, okay. It's at Spurs. That just makes you think. Mm -hmm. Is game 3 Liverpool Leicester? It isn't. It's Man U West Brom. Man United West Brom. Okay. Um, Man United, though. It's, it's all about which Man United turn up in this game, I think. Um, an on form Man United, like a well connected, well gelled Man United, could easily put four past West Brom. But if we see the mess of Man United, which we have done in the past, they could honestly lose this game. Like, this could be the type of game West Brom would just. Like it'd be one-one for the majority of the game, and then someone like I don't know, one of their defenders will score like a last-minute winner. But I want to go with three-nil to Man United. See, I think it's as it will be one of those much closer games. Mm. It'll be the hit and miss Man U, and it will end two-one to United. So, okay, I was just making sure so I got it down correct. Uh, game four. It's Leeds Arsenal. Leeds Arsenal, okay. Uh, like I was just saying uh, a little earlier on, it's going to be, again, dependent on which Arsenal turn up. I'm going to go with Desmond, a.k.a. 2-2. I was very unsure on whether this would be a goal fest or not. You have Leeds, mm. who, you have Leeds who leak the goals, 
and Arsenal who can't score the goals. Yes, Arsenal scoring nine this season, but Leeds have let in 17. But, see, Arsenal fans, as I said, you were shocked last week. You're going to be pissed after this one. I think Leeds are winning 3-2. 3-2? To, to I don't know what their nickname is, actually. Pretty sure it's just the Whites. Oh, okay. I don't Cultural appropriation of what? Yes. But the final one, Liverpool Leicester. Yes. Uh, injury FC versus Leicester, you mean? That's your words. There's a bit of Man United fan against the champions, just saying. Are they not, have they not got a handful of injuries, though? They have, but it was a, then an unnecessary dig. It was an unnecessary dig. Necessary or necessarily get correct. Get to the prediction. Get to the prediction. Uh, Jamie Vardy has a party and Leicester win 2 1. See, I don't doubt that Jamie Vardy will have his party, but on in that party, he will meet his best friend Desmond and it will end 2 2. Oh, Jamie and Desmond having a party. And that would be seeds to see. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Okay, so we've got our five games written down. So I, have, I, have to to say, until... I was so tempted to go for the list to smash it before I saw it was Anfield. I mean, they still might do with the injuries that Liverpool have currently got. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now into the world of women's football. Uh, last night saw the round three of some Continental Cup fixtures, or the League Cup for short. Um the Merseyside derby saw Everton play Liverpool, obviously, and it was the Toughies that won 1-0, thanks to Izzy Christensen of England. Uh, Arsenal and Spurs drew 2-2. However, because of the way the Conti Cup works, Arsenal won 5-4 on penalties, with USA striker Alex Morgan missing the decisive penalty. You drink your tea to that one? Yep, drink your tea and sip that one in. Uh, what does she think we find that offensive? I don't know. Or is it every we'll American stereotypes? Oh, they'll drink tea and they'll drink it like, like Tories. It's America, they're stupid. Okay. Uh, elsewhere. <laughs> what are Bright... any American audience? Just a... uh, elsewhere, Brighton lost 2 0 to Reading, Charlton Athletic lost 4 0 to West Ham United. And Bristol City beat lose 3 1. Uh, okay, if I told you that we said the Arsenal game was 2 2, who do you think scored for Arsenal? One of the goals? Would it be your best friend? Yeah, Viviana Miedema scored yet again. Uh, in elsewhere in that game, uh, Arsenal uh, handed a debut to goalkeeper Lydia Williams uh, for the first time, making a uh, after she missed a, quite a bit of action through injury and Manu Zinsberg being in goal for the majority of it. Uh, Swiss international Leo Volti brought up her 50th game for the Gunners and centre-back Leo Wimson brought up uh, 150th appearance in, at just 23 years old, which is an incredible feat already. And she's well on her way to become a Arsenal legend. Elsewhere in the world of women's football, West Ham confirmed that 
the head coach Matt Beard has left the club by mutual consent and this one does seem to be actual mutual consent rather than them just saying that as a wo another word for sacking and uh, this time uh, Tottenham they've also got rid of their two head coaches Karen Hills and Juan Amoros who this time do actually seem to have been sacked rather than just left the club by mutual consent after their disappointing start to the season. Um, Phil Neville announced the Lionesses squad earlier on in the week for the in-house friendlies. And I've got to say, he's finally listening to what I've been saying about making uh, some changes and bringing youth into the squad. So goalkeepers are Hannah Hampton, Sandy McGeever, Ellie Roebuck, Carly Telford. Defence of Lucy Brown's Grace Fisk, Alex Greenwood, Stair Horton, Esme Morgan, Demi Stokes, Millie Turner, and Lottie Woburn Moy. Midfield of Laura Coombs, Neve Charles, Jordan Nobbs, Jill Scott, Georgia Stanway, Lucy Staniforth, Ella Toon, Kira Walsh, Leah Williamson, and forwards of Rinsola Babajide, Rachel Daly, Beth England. A first call up for Lauren James, Chloe Kelly, Beth Mead, Nikita Paris, and Ellen White. Question. Well, not a question, but a right. statement. Well, not, not a question, but more of a statement. Wouldn't be the first time that England have listened to unqualified people in terms of coaching. Why? I'm just he's, saying. I thought he was going to say someone this, who the first uncultured person was. No, just, just well, saying, um, just, you could you could claim copyright infringement with them, but no. I wish I could, but there's still for me too many. I don't know why Ellen White and Jill Scott are still getting selected. I mean, then not really playing. I mean, Ellen White's played a few, a handful of games, but Jill Scott has barely played this season for Man City. So, yeah, there's still too many older players in the squad for what I would like. Um, it is now international break for the women's football, so they'll be back uh, the first week of December. And we will cover them games a lot in the future, obviously. Um, we, I've just got a bit of uh, breaking news. Well, not breaking we'll cover news. Cover the breaking but, news um, before we go into this new segment. Yes. So, uh, David Ornstein of The Athletic has revealed that tension boiled over in Arsenal training today. He says Friday, but okay, whatever. Uh, today, as David Luiz hit Danny Sabayas on the nose with scratch drawing blood when the squad returned. Oh, sorry. Is it repeat the whole story? <laughs> yeah, because this has got confusing. So it says, tensions boiled over in Arsenal training Friday as David Luiz hit Danny Sabayas on the nose with the scratch drawing blood. When the squad returned Tuesday, both apologised plus group have continued as normal. So obviously, I don't think either of them went. So to... there was there was fifty cups last Friday, and yeah, yeah, indeed, with Danny Sabias having a bloodied nose. So I'll check Bob trying to strike there. Mm. Right, what is she going to lead us into now? Well, this week's little segment. It's it's it's, it's been a weird week through a certain the stories and So this is this week's. Weird and wonderful stories. We have three of them. We'll start with the obvious. Buddy Wrexham have gone and got their new owners in. Yes. Uh, Deadpool actor Ryan Reynolds 
And I forgot to name what now. First name Rob can never say Senate. Rob McKelleny. Okay. Are the new joint owners. Uh, I remember this story coming back. I never had that so. story, Tony Bingo. Mm, I remember hearing the story and I was like, there can't be any truth in that, but obviously they have now both taken over or have a there's a deal in principle. I think there's still some bits left to sort out of the deal, but it's good to see little Welsh side Wrexham getting um, some exposure into the world's media now. Uh, it sounds like dead, Deadpool in the chairman's office, and then you've got the Rex the X-Men being signed in January. Mm. Definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how their tenure goes. What was your next little weird and wonderful oh, event of the week? It was a fantastic transfer story to do with Barnsley. Which striker are they getting linked with? Who they inquired about just randomly out of nowhere? Free agent and troublemaker himself. Mario Balotelli. I mean, I remember seeing that story earlier on in the week and I was like, it makes no sense. I don't think they could afford him. Plus, the reason he was let go of his former club, Brasilia, is due to his lateness in turning up uh, to trainings and I think a lot of arguments with... uh, the managerial staff and everything so i think for me it'd be a silly move to do it but if it gives them ex- the exposure they want then so be it i said do it just for the laughs but on to our third story one that i know for a fact you haven't heard of because as, mm-hmm. as you were saying beforehand it concerns the german international and man we believed retired but actually he's nesting in turkey that's Lucas Podolski. Go on, what's Podolski so, done this time? So, Lucas Podolski has signed for his local club. Okay, nothing weird about that. Not nothing weird yet, but it's in a completely different sport. Okay. And granted, in reading the story, it is for a good reason. So you can't okay. insult him. I'm going to give you three sports. Guess which one you think it is he has now joined. Okay. Is he joining a basketball team? Basketball in Germany, mm, I don't, mm, not as big as I would expect. So, meh. Is he joining? I don't think so. Is he joining a softball team? Now that is one I could uh, see happening because I think softball and handball are really popular in Germany. So, yeah. Or is he joining? I was going to get to it. Is he joining an ice hockey team? Ice hockey? Is that even a. Germany? Did Germany have an ice? Does that have an ice hockey? I don't know. It's your fault. I'm just thinking of. I've given you free sports. (laughs) See, when you say ice hockey, I just think of. I know Man United defender Victor Lindelof, he likes it. Um, There's nothing wrong with ice hockey. I think it's a good sport. I think... All the Peter, fights. <laughs> Peter Cech, I think he's a fan of ice hockey as well. Or am I thinking of Thomas Rizicki? Yeah, it says that Peter Cech became a goalkeeper. Yeah. Oh, that's my point 
With his head injuries, that's such shocking. No, I'm going to go with softball. It has to go, be softball. You're going softball? Yeah, that has to be the, the right one, surely. Hmm. Interesting. Well, if I said the team that he has joined are known as Colonel High, roughly translated as the Cologne Sharks. Okay, so that's definitely ice hockey then. Lucas Podolski has signed for his local ice hockey club. But what? But do, he's still playing football in Turkey, right? He's, he did say he's, he's at cu- Antilispor in Turkey. He's currently still on the books at that Turkey club, but he's trading in his boots for the skates as he is following. It's a successful campaign to help his local ice hockey club during the pandemic. Right. So so it, it's for pan, it's for the good reasons. Okay, so he's, so he's joined them to bring as much like attention as possible during this pandemic so, so they can so, have money to survive. But is he actually going to play for them in a professional German league ice hockey game if the Germans even have a professional ice hockey league? Well, in reading the story here, it says Podolski has promised fans of Colin High who are in financial straits due to the pandemic that if they purchase 100,000 virtual tickets, he would be unveiled as their latest signing. A hundred thousand tickets? And people just kill them in the house? Is that ten, isn't the stadium 80,000? Yeah, but how it's many like, people? It's, like it's a big but, city, Cologne, kind of. Yeah, I know it's like one of the big cities, but I mean, in terms of like ice hockey, I don't think ice hockey stadiums have that big of a stadium, did they? Well, the ice hockey one is about 80,000 from what I've seen, but it's obviously for the, over the season just to keep them the revenue go, but basically the revenue from those sales is helping the club actually enter the season. Ah, that's a so, very good cause. Well, there hasn't actually been an explanation how he's going to juggle both duties. So, but yeah, it's oh. a lovely, it's a lovely story. Mm-hmm. It, we, we know Lucas Cross, he's a lovely boy. Yes, always been one of the. The nice guys of nice, nice blokes of football. Uh, I, 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 I do I believe Bal- that. Is it, I want Balotelli and Isaki. Just, <laughs> just him for the fights. Brilliant. He'd bring uh, the fireworks there, like actual fireworks. And I don't think that's quite allowed in uh, Isaki, although they do some crazy stuff. Um, I do believe though. That is all we have in terms of news around the world of football, both men and women's. Um, if there's anything else we've missed or happens between now uh, and day of recording, aka Thursday afternoon, and uh, our review show, we'll obviously review it then. Uh, until then, on Monday, we will be back where we obviously have a look back at this week's league fixture, see how many points spread does get if it gets any in the predictions league or will I extend my lead even more you have to ruin the that you are <laughs> yes and I'm going to keep ruining it in whilst the lead lasts until then uh, we will see you soon <laughs>